Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember that you can join the WDET Book Club right now. This summer, we are reading the U.S. Constitution and reading it for the ways in which it pushes for equality and in the other ways in which it has frustrated equality for many Americans. We want to invite you to join in these discussions about what the founders intended and how the Constitution impacts everything from civil rights to partisan politics. You can get a free copy of the Constitution when you sign up to join the WDET Book Club either at WDET.org or at the WDET Book Club page on Facebook. Uh, Then stay tuned, of course, all summer for news, music, and conversations about the document that was written to guide our democracy. You can find more information at WDET.org slash Constitution. Okay, last week, U.S. Interior Secretary Deb Holland said, we must shed light on the unspoken traumas of the past, no matter how hard it will be. And with that, she announced that her department will launch what's being called the Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative. The announcement follows the May discovery of the remains of 215 students at residential school in Canada, and then the chilling discovery of hundreds of additional remains just days after Holland's announcement. The U.S. commitment to this difficult investigation marks a significant shift in U.S. policy when it comes to taking responsibility and some accountability for the atrocities that were committed against the indigenous peoples of this land. Here to talk with me more about this announcement and the implications of this effort, both nationally and here in Michigan, are two people who are pretty closely following this issue. Antonia Gonzalez is an anchor and producer for National Native News. Uh, Antonia, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. And also with us is uh, Sierra Clark, who is an Adawa Anishinaabe Indigenous Affairs reporter with the Traverse City Record Eagle CRE and Report for America Corps member. She's also the co-founder for Michigaming Journalism Project and co-editor for Indigenizing the News. She recently wrote a piece on this issue in Michigan titled Remains Discovered at Canadian Boarding School Spurs calls for investigations in Michigan. Sierra Clark, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. So, Antonia, uh, I think a lot of people don't entirely know the history of these boarding schools. Can you give us just a thumbnail of the background of what these are and why they have such a dark legacy? So in the United States, uh, Indian boarding schools were established in the 1800s to assimilate children, and um, hundreds of thousands of children were taken away from their homes and put in these boarding schools. And it's a history that maybe a lot of the general public do not know about, but for indigenous people um, across the United States and Canada, it's a history we're really familiar with because it's generational. We've grown up hearing these stories from members of our family, how they were uh, forcibly removed and taken to these schools. Um, and it was very traumatic. Uh, some of our family members talk about these days and some don't. 
and it's understandable about how this has impacted um, our people uh, across the country and how some people want to talk about it and how some people don't. And I think with this news this week or last week with uh, Secretary Holland, um, it goes to show one that representation matters, that having an indigenous person in the um, administration who knows the history, who's native, whose family has been through similar things is finally bringing to light um, what advocates of boarding schools, uh, former students, um, family members have been calling for for years is an investigation and acknowledgement and also calling for an apology um, from not only the U.S. government, but also uh, different do- uh, denominations um, and taking responsibility for what happened to our people. So give us a sense of the damage that was done to Native communities across the continent from these practices. I mean, this is an unprecedented step toward accountability by, by the federal government. But but I'm really wondering if you can give us an idea of how deeply this has affected Native communities. Well, for those who love to look at data, I mean, just look at all of the different social issues that indigenous communities across the United States and Canada and really around the world struggle with um, that are impacts from, you know, intergenerational trauma. Native people in the United States have some of the highest, if not the highest, suicide rates. Um, We have a lot of different uh, issues when it comes to um, looking at just the health and welfare of our people and how that trauma has impacted uh, daily lives and trickled down through our communities. Um, I mean, I remember hearing stories from my own family of children being taken away, uh, running home, um, you know, hair being cut, not being able to talk your indigenous language, um, abuse. There's there's a lot of stories about abuse that happened at these schools. And, um, you know, when you come home, how are you dealing with that? There was no program set up to for children to deal with what they went through in, in um, these Indian boarding schools. And I think that that, you know, looking at just some of the, the issues that tribal communities face, it's definitely an impact of intergenerational trauma. Mm-hmm. So, Sierra, you've been following this issue here in Michigan. Talk about how indigenous communities in our state have been responding to this news about uh, the remains of the Native children in Canada and this announcement by the federal government that it is going to try to hold itself accountable for what happened. So what I've been hearing um, in the communities uh, the last couple of weeks is what some tribal leaders are calling an open secret. Um, As mentioned before, this is very well known in the Indigenous communities. Um, A lot of trauma and pain. Um, and from what I've been seeing, um, talking to individuals within the community um, is they want open investigations for the residential boarding schools that operated here in Michigan. We know that there are um, three that were federally funded uh, in Berga, Michigan, in Mount uh Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and then in Harbor Springs. Um, and so they're, they're calling for an open investigation of not only um, on the residential properties, but also the uh, records to be opened, uh, the names of the children to be opened, and also uh, the names of those who worked there to be opened. And um, <clears throat> I have been told by many sources that it is not um, at a point for justice right now. It's more 
um, we need the community to heal. And, and in order to heal, um, we have to take that first step. Um, talk about whether you think the state might take some initiative to work with tribal elders and leaders to begin investigations and reconciliation around the things that happen here in Michigan. So far, um, from what I've, I've seen and what I've heard from sources, the state has not been open um, historically, uh, tribes have uh, tried to do their own investigations, but because the properties are still owned um, either by um, local municipals or, or um, churches, um, they've come to a dead end. Um, so with the news of uh, Interior Secretary, Secretary Interior um, Deb Holland, um, they're hoping that this will kind of force them into um, opening and up. Hmm. Uh, we're talking about the dark history of Native American boarding schools here in the United States and in uh, other parts of North America and the federal government's decision to try to investigate and hold accountable uh, some of the people and some of the institutions that were responsible for the things that happened. Uh, we want to hear from you as well during this conversation. Are you following this story about the Native American boarding schools? Uh, are you hopeful about what it signals that we have an indigenous public official leading the effort to look at a dark part of our nation's history? And what do you think our nation should be doing when it comes to facilitating healing the kinds of trauma that was inflicted on the Native people of this continent. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation. This is a really important conversation, I think, because uh, when we talk about equality on Detroit Today, which we do a lot, talk about equity and fairness and justice. Uh, we mean that in the global sense. Uh, we focus a lot on, on race. We focus a fair amount on gender and uh, gender identity and sexual identity and things like that. We don't often, or as often, I should say, get a chance to talk about what these issues mean to Native peoples here uh, in, in the United States and in North America. And so uh, just the idea of having uh, a public official in the federal government bring attention to this issue uh, is huge and is an opportunity for us uh, to really talk about these things. So again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Uh, and you can go to Facebook or Twitter and put comments there and we'll try to work you in uh, uh, that way. Uh, Antonia, I wonder if you're hopeful that this acknowledgement of the intergenerational impact of these boarding schools might promote some emotional healing uh, in Native communities. So some of the um, former students that I've talked to in recent weeks following um, the remains found in Canada and also a Secretary Holland's announcement are hopeful. Um, they say that's a sigh of, sign of relief, a sigh of relief um, just for somebody in the federal government to acknowledge what they've been advocating for for years. Um, I mean, we've been reporting on truth and reconciliation in Canada for more than 15 years, um, if not longer. 
and work that's been going on there to not only acknowledge, apologize, and then compensate um, for Indian residential schools there in Canada. So former students here are um, have some relief, but also they want to see healing be a part of um, the U.S. initiative. Um, one student I talked to from Alaska talked about just early years and how traumatic it was and um, not being able to talk about what happened to him for years and just going down and following a life path that wasn't healthy. And it wasn't until his later years when he be, he started talking about his um, time in boarding school and then um, started becoming an advocate and thinking about and understanding what happened to him, uh, dealing with anger, um, people deal with shame, but also looking at forgiveness, not only forgiveness for oppressors, but forgiveness for, um, you know, what they did and what they went through um, for themselves. So I think that it's a first step. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of things that need to to happen. And also um, looking when the investigation uncovers um, repatriation, repa- repatriation, uh, repatriating a lot of these remains of uh, children who died at boarding school. Um, those are some things we've also been reporting on for years, not only in Canada, but here at the United, in the U.S. A lot, uh, work is underway at Carlisle Indian School. Um, it was recently announced that some remains are going back uh uh, from found uh, going back to Aleut community um, and also the uh, uh, Lakota, I believe it's a Lakota community in South Dakota that some remains are going to be going back to. So there's a lot of different um, things going on when we're we're looking at this initiative and and even seeing some things that may be mirrored from uh, work in Canada. Hmm. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven. 1019 is the number here on the phones. We've got a lot of folks who want to chime in on this issue. Let's start with Hadassah Green Sky here in Detroit. Hadassah, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually a Little Traverse Bay Band Odawa, and I live in Detroit, and I am uh, about 26 years old. And I could say that every person that's Native that I know and every person that's Native that you know is connected to the residential schools. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow one family member or another was in these residential schools. And you'd be surprised how many people do not know that the residential schools were even happening. And so what I'd like to see at the very minimum would to see um, education in the public school system because Native American history pretty much stopped getting taught about after 1900. And that's when a lot of these residential schools were happening. They need to just be really truthful about it and just educate people because the reality is that we all know about the Holocaust, but we don't know about these residential schools. And the thing is, Hitler actually took um, inspiration from our boarding schools and the way that we would bury children and, and incinerate them and just totally erase them of their culture. They didn't know that Hitler took that idea and used it on the Jewish people. He was inspired by the United States. By what was it here? Yeah. Hadassah, I really appreciate the call and uh, and that perspective. And and when you hear her talk about how anyone you know who's native has some connection 
to the history of these schools. It's really, I mean, it, it, the hair kind of stood up on the, the back of my neck there, uh, Antonia, when she was talking about that. Yeah, we, like I said earlier, um, I've lots of stories from my family. Um, we're from, we're Navajo, from the Navajo uh, Nation in Arizona, on the Arizona side of the reservation, and just how uh, family members were taken and, you know, to Utah to go to boarding school. And also the fact that, you know, missionaries came and uh, changed names, um, took away native names and, um, you know, gave you uh, Western names. Um, in Alaska, I've, I've interviewed students who were called numbers. They didn't even have names. Mm -hmm. And so I can't even comprehend as a mother, you know, somebody yeah. taking my own children away and they don't even have a name that they're called yeah. number 77. Um, right. Come get your clothes. I mean, and, and that's just, you know, that's just not even... That's really just one of, you know, one of very traumatic events that happened to our people, our families, our, you know, sure. that we're all connected, like the caller said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I just thank, wanted to yeah, add go ahead, that um, it is really important for um, listeners to be aware that this is a living history. Um, this isn't something that happened um, in the past. Um, we have people alive today that are in the same, you know, age group as I am. I'm only 31 that experience these schools. In the state of Michigan, the last um, boarding school to close was Holy Child in Harbor Springs, and that closed in 1983. Um, the last boarding school to close in, um, uh, was in 1996. So this isn't something that happened a long time ago, and, and um we're just, you know, now becoming aware of it. This is something that um, is continuing to affect people alive today and therefore pass on that generational trauma, that generational pain um, to the, the community and their family. Yeah. Yeah. Hadassah, again, thanks so much for the call and that, uh, that really uh, personal perspective on this issue. Okay, I wish we could get to some of the other calls that we have, but we are out of time. So I want to thank Antonia Gonzalez, who's anchor and producer for National Native News, for joining us. Antonia, it was great to have you here on Detroit Today. Thank you. And Sierra Clark of the Traverse mm -hmm. City Record Eagle. It was great to have you here as well. Yeah, miigwech. Thank you. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. Tune in tomorrow when I'm going to talk with Zach Stanton of Politico about his look at Oakland County in the 2020 election and what it says about the ways that Republicans are alienating longtime GOP voters in suburban America. Think about the things that happened during that uh, 2020 November election and how different they looked from 2016. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.